Hi everyone, my name is Miranda. Welcome back to the Conflicting Cousins podcast. Unfortunately, again, Adrian cannot or will not be on this episode. Um, she's actually still house hunting. Um, for those of you that heard last week's episode when she had mentioned that, and so her weekends are kind of busy with looking you know, at houses and everything like that. So that is also why she will not be on this episode. But again, um, we didn't want to be too much more inconsistent because we already don't really release an episode on a certain day of the week. We just release one once a week. So I decided to do another episode by myself. So again, this episode's going to be um, kind of random, no real hidden agenda. I will be... Um, talking about a few questions that um, I've just been asked a few times um, in my military career. So I figured I would share my thoughts on those things with you guys. Um, probably tell you all about my weekend and uh, interesting uh, conclusion that me and a friend came to over the weekend as well. And yeah, that's it. So please, if you're returning, thanks for returning. Um, Please like and subscribe so you get updates of when we have new episodes. Um, Please share it with your friends if you think that they might like it. Or even just certain episodes, you know, we realize that not every episode would be for everyone. So, but please just share it um, to get our show out there. Um, so let's just start off. So last week's episode, we talked about crazy things in 2020, right? And we were wondering what's next. And now I'm seeing things about a huge ass, like dust storm coming from overseas. And I mean, it's kind of crazy because I remember back in like 2011, like, tw- the tw- the world ending in 2012 was, like, the biggest thing. And I remember in the back of my mind, because for those of you who don't know or who haven't listened to the other episodes, uh, me and Adrian are both ex-Shows Witnesses. And for those that don't really know much about them, you know, you're brainwashed um, into thinking, you know, Armageddon's going to come one day and destroy everything and whatnot. And so... In 2012, I was out of the religion, and I was already a few years in the army or anything like that. But it's kind of hard to undo some thinking that's been ingrained in your brain for 18 years. And so, I remember seeing all these things about 2012, the world was ending in the back of my mind. I was kind of like going back to... The ways of the religion and thinking like, oh my god, this is Armageddon. Like, we're all going to die and this and that. And I was kind of, in the back of my mind, second guessing, you know, leaving the religion or leaving the cult, as some people say. Because it's very cult-like. I still don't know too much about cults for me to really say that, yes, it is a cult. But the more and more I do learn about it, it seems to be appearing that way. So, you know, there's that. So I remember 2012, I was just like freaking the fuck out. And I was like waiting. I remember on New Year's Eve, just like waiting around, you know, the clock hit, 2012 happened. 
nothing happened. So I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> and then now we got this year, which is a whole nother disaster, which I will say, luckily, I've been out of the religion for so long that it doesn't really bother me anymore. And I don't really reflect back and think about certain things about that. So it doesn't really stress me out. Like, I'm not going to lie, the potential world ending in 2012 did. But it's uh, it's pretty interesting how things are going. And now I'm really wondering what is going to happen next because I never really thought a dust storm would make its way overseas, you know, like a, like how hurricanes travel. So that's pretty interesting. But anyway, besides that, since that wasn't, you know, in our what the fuck 2020, um, you know, it's, it's surprised us even more with a dust storm. Um, so this weekend, uh, Italy, we're allowed to travel within Italy. Actually, General Order 5 came out and now we actually are allowed to leave the country to go to certain other countries, which is actually really nice. I can't wait to get to work to actually read it. Because I would really like to go back on my Amsterdam trip that I had planned before the lockdown. But, so this weekend, uh, me and a girl from work, we went to uh, Porto Stefano. Which is about two hours away. And it was a really nice, lovely little Italian town. And it was honestly, it was so amazing to be able to enjoy it really without a lot of crowds because you know in the summertime you can't go anywhere like last year summertime in Italy you know cruise ships were in buses of people everywhere and now it's really just the Italians or even uh, other European travelers visiting but even then some people you know they feel like Italy they've been to it they don't want to go to it again and I like to, when I travel, I like to see some main historical sites that are well known. But I also, I really love finding like hidden gems or just places that aren't that popular. And so the weekend before I went to Rome and that was great. And it was awesome to see Rome so empty. And so this weekend we went to this little like beach, beachside town and we just explored and everything like that. And it's, it's off of cliffs so for those of you that have never been to Italy and I'll say I was surprised Italy is actually very mountainous like you would I never suspected Italy to be so mountainous but it is a very mountainous country I don't know I guess I just imagined it flat so that was pretty interesting when we first got here to see how mountainous it is but I don't know if anyone's ever followed Elon Musk or really know much about him or what he's been doing recently. But everyone knows, you know, uh, he created the Tesla and the Tesla is a vehicle that can drive itself. Well, my friend, she was talking about how she had saw someone straight up passed out on the highway around here um, in a Tesla. And it was just driving him. She's like, dude was passed out. You could tell he was sleeping, what hands weren't on the steering wheel, nothing. The car was just driving. And so it was so funny because, you know, we were talking about how 
I don't really think I could ever put my faith in technology that much to where a vehicle, I'd trust a vehicle to drive itself because one, I don't know if you haven't checked out the show on Amazon Prime called Upload, uh, check it out. It's a pretty cool show. Uh, it's pretty funny, but like, I'm just going to say it. The main thing is like the guy dies in a smart car accident. So I was telling her about this show and I was like, yeah, just like that show, like it, that's crazy. And one of the funny things was, so we're, we went to the beach and you know, the beaches are off of some cliffs. So you have to hike up and down them and whatnot. And so we were in the car and we were trying to go to this other place. And so being high in the cliffs, you know, it's hit or miss with uh, service, so you have to drive a little bit until your GPS picks up to direct you to the next place. And so it finally picked up, and it was the weirdest thing, because I've never really had issues with my GPS telling me to go somewhere that's physically not there. But so we're driving off on the cliffs, and my GPS is like, turn immediate right. Well, on the right side is the ocean, so it's like Google Maps is fucking telling me to drive off the edge of the cliff. And I was telling her, I was like, could you imagine being in a smart car and something happens and you're like driving on a cliff and then all of a sudden it says turn, like the GPS tells it to turn right and then you just fucking drive off the edge of the cliff and die. And that, that experience that we had this weekend of my GPS, keep it kept telling me, it kept yelling, turn right, turn right. There is no right. There is the edge of the cliff and the ocean and rocks below. So, no, I don't really want to kill myself. So, thanks, but no thanks, Google. I think I'm going to take my chances and keep going straight until you figure your shit out. So, that was... I just thought it was kind of funny and crazy because that was our conversation earlier in the trip. And then when that happened, you know, I had mentioned, I was like, could you fucking imagine? Like, that dude in that Tesla passed out you know put coordinates in to go to this point and then this vehicle all of a sudden its system is telling it to go right and the dude just wakes up uh as his car is going off the edge of a cliff into the ocean you know but that's neither here nor there um if you are into smart cars and all that stuff or you want to get one more power to you i think i will be one of those people that will probably be against it until I am forced, until they make no vehicles anymore where you have actual control. Because I feel like that's just one thing that I always want control of. Now, I'll get one that has the option, but you have the power to not use that option. But, I don't know. I mean, I think technology, it's great, but it's also pretty scary. And if any of you have never heard uh like Elon Musk talk or anything I suggest you check out the Joe Rogan podcast with him the shit he talks about like it's crazy the dude's super smart and he's it's crazy to think that even a person can think of certain things and create certain things and in my lifetime the changes that I've seen because you know we went from you know brick phones to now slim smartphones so it's crazy 
which actually also brings me up a funny story at work. So we have some brand new privates and, uh, you know, out of basic training. <laughs> and, well, here in Italy, um, they have really old, old school Nokia brick phones for the patrol phones. Because they need those phones as a backup in case they don't have service somewhere or anything. They could call, you know, the desk to give us whatever information and vice versa. So it's pretty funny because it's this old school brick phone. So it was dead in this brand new patrol. He, uh, he, he's like, oh, hey, sergeant. He's like, the battery's dead. And I was like, all right, give it to me. I was like, I'll charge it. Go do your checks on over here. And then by the time you're done with those checks, just uh, come on back and get it. And it should be charged enough because it also charges pretty quick. And he's like, okay. Uh, all right, sir, I'll, I'll go do that now. So he comes back in. I'm talking to my NCO about something. And uh, he goes and he grabs the phone. And so I yell over to him. I was like, is it charged? And he goes, uh, I think so. I'm trying to turn it on right now. And I see him like fiddling around with it. And I was like, you get it on? And he's like, I can't, it, it won't turn on. And so he hands it to me. And I just press, you know, the power button. There's a blatant power button on the phone. It's not on the sides. It's on where, you know, all the numbers are. And I press it and it turns on. I was like, look. And I was like, it's the power button. That's all you had to do is press it. And he goes, sorry, I've never seen a brick phone before. <laughs> And then that's when I realized, like, oh my god, I'm old as shit. And new kids in the army, they don't even know what old phones look like. Because he's like, I've never had a phone like this. I didn't know. He kept, I guess, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was trying to, like, press the sides. <laughs> and maybe something would turn on. But he had no idea that, you know, old school brick phones... The power button's right there on the front, and you just press it. So, that was pretty funny, and that made me feel old as shit. Because now, kids aren't really realizing the old school phones. But, besides that, um, I'll go into a little Q&A. So, one of the questions that I've been asked before is... Like, what do you feel about the army and how it's changed basic training? Because, of course, I was a drill sergeant about almost two years ago now. And my theory is this. Although I believe that the army should never adapt to a person. If you want to be in the military, you adapt to the military. But as great as that theory is, it is not possible because people are always evolving. And if an organization does not evolve with it, it's not going to um, be the organization that it needs to be. Um, so, for example, when I went through basic training, it, you know, by no means was it any difficulty than, you know, way back in the day or anything. It was pretty easy. But when I went through basic training, it was way harder than the basic training these privates have to go through now. But my thing is, is, you know, 
as much as older generations of military and we see how much basic training changes, I tell people, and I would tell past trainees, because they would even ask, ask me this question also, and I would tell them, I was like, just because it's easier in my eyes does not mean it's easier for you. Because realistically, the way basic training is designed, it's still just as hard for kids coming in now as it was when I went through. It's just harder in different ways. Um, because like nowadays, it's more of a mental game, I think. Instead of the physical game, um, because, you know, there are, like, limitations as far as, you know, corrective action and corrective training for them. Um, and the physicality of certain things. And, you know, they can't wear their gear if it's, you know, the certain temperature and training and whatnot. Oh, you gotta blast their boots and everything because they'll pass out. So the physical aspect has been toned down. But when you look at the kids coming in... They didn't get to play outside till the streetlights came on. You know, they didn't live in neighborhoods or anything like that. Or it's too dangerous for them to be in certain areas. You know, they're more of an inside generation in video games. So the little physical things that we put them through, it's still challenging for them because their bodies are nowhere near the same as older generations like me I used to play outside all the time I used to climb trees I fell out of trees a few times you know I took dance class um I loved playing kickball in the neighborhood um I liked playing hide and go seek at night manhunt all that stuff and kids these days their their biggest thing is is video games and whatnot or makeup tutorials and you know it's all stuff that they really do inside so it's kind of challenging for them but the thing also it's it's for this for the generations coming in now it's all really mental because one of the biggest things I always had um would always notice and um I got this insight from Simon Seat seek uh he's a guy whose video went around talking about like millennials and everything and yeah granted i fall in the millennial category but um he's more so talking about like more newer millennials or whatever but anyway when i went through like cell phones weren't really that big i had a cell phone easy to talk to my dad and like a few friends and that was it but other than that like I saw people, you know, I went and saw my friends and everything like that. Um, but these days now, you know, as he had mentioned, you have your phone and you are so tied to your phone that instant satisfaction you get from your phone. Because as soon as you see like a notification, you get, you get so excited. Oh, what did someone say? Or a message. Or you send someone a text message. Like, hey, good morning. And you get that text message back. That's basically instant satisfaction that you get. And one of the biggest things that... um, And because of that, you know, it made me realize that these kids coming in now, they have no idea that... Because when you have a cell phone, 
you don't really notice how busy life is. Because it only takes two seconds to open your phone and read what someone said and reply back, even a K. You know, you don't have to even give them an elaborate answer or a thumbs up. But that lets the person that sent it know, like, it's been received. And so I would have them, because in basic training, you know, they still, we still make them write letters. We take away their phones. And so I would always ask them, who hasn't gotten a letter? And it'd be like a week or two. And a lot would raise their hands and, you know, I would ask them and like, who's upset because they haven't gotten a letter and they all raise their hands and everything. And I have to break it down for them. I was like, you guys are used to cell phones. You're used to getting stuff instantly. And that's not how things work in this environment. And I told them, I said, you are here in basic training. I said, the time in the day allows you to do three or four things. Train, eat, sleep, and then if you got free time, you write your letters, do your hygiene, laundry, whatever else. But miscellaneous, like, you know, of what you, of the few activities that you can choose from. And I tell them, but when you write home to mom, mom's got work, mom's got your siblings to take care of, mom's got, you know, significant other maybe. Mom's got family issues, you know, they've got all this other stuff that's tying up their day to where it's a little bit more difficult for them to sit down and write a letter. And then on top of that, you know, I'm horrible at mailing things out. I have packages for people of, you know, Italian goodies that I still haven't set out. And I've had these packages like ready to go for like two, three months now. And, you know, so then... Once they read your letter, then once they have the time to write back to you, then they have to find the time to go mail it off. And so I told them, I was like, you have every day. And after a certain point in training uh, in process, you guys get like at least an hour of personal time. So you can take your shower, you can do your laundry, you can work on your push-ups and sit-ups and your run. Or you can sit down and write a letter that'll take you 15 minutes, maybe, depending on what you want to talk about. And that's it. And I was like, your family members, they don't have that luxury. And so that made them kind of realize and uh, change your mental mindset a little bit. But the thing is, it's like, if I didn't break it down... Or if I wasn't the drill sergeant that asked that question to share that knowledge and that outlook on how things are, you know, you've got trainees that they'll just quit. They'll quit because they feel like they have no support. People don't care. And it's not because people don't care. It's because realistically, people on the outside of basic training, they don't have the time because their life is filled with so many other things. Whereas basic training, it's a very controlled environment. And... You know, I hate to say it, but the kids that go through now, they're weak. They're weak on so many levels. They're weak mentally and they're weak physically. And it's, we've got to break them down and make them a little bit tougher. And, you know, we don't even have enough time to do that. 10 weeks is not enough time. We can make them good, but we can't make them great. We make them better than what they came. And then they are to build up on that foundation. But to like answer that question, it's, It's, no, I've never agreed that the army has to conform to the generations. But 
realistically, we wouldn't have an army if that were the case. No one would be able to join. No one would be able to pass, except for maybe five people. If the army treated recruits like it did way back in the day, if all those things, you know, flew. So it's, the army is adapting to what it needs to fulfill the numbers. And although some of us older people in the military may see it's wrong, realistically, it's still challenging for them in other ways. It's just not challenging in the way that we may think it needs to be. But in the end, the point still gets across that this is a lifestyle now. You have to change this and that. And you have to build mental toughness and physical toughness. So that's that's my view on that. I've I've actually been asked that question a few times. And I mean, that's basically my answer. It's it's still tough. It's just tough in different ways. Um, another question I've gotten is, what do I think of the ACFT? And so I have mixed feelings about it. I actually have not been able to take the ACFT yet. I was supposed to go to a course to learn how to grade it, and then COVID-19 hit, and I was excited about that course so I could at least get a feel for how the exercises are done and everything like that because I'm on a very small base and we don't even have the equipment for it to train. Like, I don't have a... I can do the push-ups on my own and I can run. And we have kettlebells in the gym. So before the gym closed down, I would like grab the kettlebells and I would just do a loop in the gym to simulate, you know, carrying the kettlebells as part of the sprint drag carry. Other than that, that's all I had to work with. Um, couldn't throw the ball because you can't take the ball outside. You're not allowed to sign out the gym equipment. So I was clueless there. And we have zero pull-up bars. Um, we had one in the gym that I suck at pull-ups. So I was, I've been struggling at the leg tuck. But... I was kind of excited to feel like the whole thing in motion and to see how that, you know, would have been, but that didn't happen. So I will say the ACFT is very, um, very nerve wracking kind of for me just because it's the unknown and I haven't even taken it yet to get a feel for it. Um, I kind of miss the simplicity of the APFT, um, even though that would stress me the fuck out and I have like my ritual of what I do, you know, I'm not really a superstitious person or anything, but like the night before APFT, I eat pasta. I won't eat anything else. I eat pasta for dinner, usually Alfredo, but sometimes I'll change it up and do spaghetti, but it's usually Alfredo and I'm like very superstitious about what I do the night before APFT. Um, and I feel like at APFT, it's easier to fake it through in case, like, you know, you got an upset stomach or something like that because it's so much quicker to go through and you can knock out. Um, the ACFT, it's, to me, it's like, you know, if I am having, if I wake up feeling like shit, like, it's going to be really hard to push through that whole entire thing. Um, another thing that worries me is I know, I know that the human body is capable of anything with the proper training and preparation. I get that. But the problem is, is a lot of places don't have that. A lot of people don't get that. 
Um, for example, the base that I'm at, we have no master fitness trainer. We don't even have all the equipment. Um, we have no nutrition people here. The closest is three and a half hours away. Um, so I'm in the gym trying to lift things in a lot of certain ways, but it's not like I really have a guide telling me like, oh, you know, slide your foot out more, this and that, and it'll, it helps your posture to even correct me on my posture if something's bad. So it's a little bit challenging for that. And then on top of that, the tiers that they had broken down, um... For me, I'm a very, it's probably due to my diet, but I feel like I'm always tired and I'm always drained. So one of the things I worry about is um, also getting enough out of a workout. Because like, for example, right now, my job is I work four days of 12 hours. So I work from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. for four days in a row. Then I have two days off, and then those two days I have to completely flip my sleep schedule because the next four days after those two days, I work from 7.30 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. And then after those four days, I have a day and a half off to flip my sleep schedule back to 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And it's been going like that for the past like two months. Before that, it was about eight months straight. And to me, um, when I was trying to prep for the ACFT, one of my biggest issues was is I'm tired. I was tired because I, I'm i not on a sleep schedule. I sleep at weird-ass times. I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning when I've got to be up by 6. But I'll be up from 2 and I'll stay up till 4 and then fall back asleep for 2 hours. And then during the day, I'm struggling and it's just exhausting. So one of the things I was thinking about is I get the um, I get the whole idea behind the ACFT. I get the goal. I just wonder, um, you know, if things were properly thought out for all MOSs um, and like the Manning because the Army, a lot of MOSs at certain times, they're short. And when you're short-staffed, you know, your hours increase depending on if you're like shift work like myself. So that's even more difficult. And it was kind of upsetting because I had reached out to an old Sergeant Major because I watched the live with Sergeant Major of the Army and some officers and uh, another Sergeant Major that they had recently about it. And it's kind of upsetting because I feel like they answer the same questions over and over. Everyone is concerned with postpartum PT, which that is a very big concern because this test asks way more of you and birth takes a toll on a woman's body and on top of that every woman is different um and if they had a c-section you know it also depends on what the doctor did because we all know some army doctors they're not the greatest but you know that's a whole nother thing but that's was like the main question that some people were asking and it's like i've got questions that i've thought of that you know, no one asks, and I asked my Sergeant Major, because I was like, have they, like, sent out, like, a census or something for you Sergeant Majors to, like, push out to your company leaders to have, like, a sensing session, and then for them to get these questions that people ask, and to weed those out, like, okay, 
another postpartum. Well, postpartum has been addressed X amount of times. So that question is not really needed. That's pretty much covered. Okay, another question. Okay, yep, this is about the height and weight. That's going to be further evaluated, uh, you know, uh, looked at. So this is neither here nor there right now. Um, that's going to be reevaluated later on. And just to go through, to actually compile a list of questions that haven't been heard before. Because I know, you know, watching this live, you know, it's got thousands of comments and hundreds of thousands of viewers and so the odds of even if I were to even type my question in, unfortunately, I didn't even catch it when it was actually live. You know, if my question even being seen or answered is is slim to none. So I will say I, it was nice to watch. If you haven't, if you're in the army and you haven't watched that live, I highly suggest you look into it. It's actually a very uh, informational live um, if you can't find it, let me know. I will gladly send it to you because I will say it does, it did help ease my mind because of, if you're not aware of right now, basically all army wide starting the new physical year, you know, the ACFT will take place, but it will be army wide gold standard. So they're not even working, uh, worried about gray and black standard. They're just going to watch Everyone worked to the gold standard. So that's actually a little bit more um, comforting to know because I know, you know, I'm trying to do this thing here at this small base and train as what I can or what I know. And to me, like my standards, I'm the middle tier. So for me, it was like when this implements, like if I don't hit the middle tier, I'm a piece of shit. But it's also like realistically... Big Army doesn't know that we haven't gotten our equipment yet. Big Army doesn't know that we don't have this resource or that resource. We don't even have pull-up bars or anything like that. Like, Big Army doesn't know that we can't... They don't care about that. And unfortunately, that's the mentality that the Army gives you is that regardless of what you have, you're supposed to make light of it and push through. You adapt and overcome um, without really... Um, without there being any consideration of the conditions that people have to work with. And I don't know about other people, but I know for me, like, as a private, the, the way people get looked at for failing PT, it's, and the reputation that follows them when they fail a PT test, just like one time, one time. It's, it's honestly, to me, it's terrifying. Like, I'm fortunate enough, I have never failed a PT test. I have never been close. Well, I take that back. I failed my very first one in basic training. So the one that they gave us, like, the day after we got there. But I only failed my run. That was it. But then I passed the next one. So I didn't fail a lot. But, you know, um, it's terrifying. And I know, I remember when I pinned stripes the anxiety of that I would feel before a PT test, it magnifies. Like, I really don't even sleep if I know a PT test is coming the night before. I am awake, thinking about it all night, stressing about it. Don't know why, because realistically, I've never failed one. I don't have any reason to be. I do PT, so I know I'm good. But it's just the thought of, oh my god, if me 
now as an NCO, if I fail it, I'm a shitbag, I'm going to get counseled, I'm going to get flagged, and oh my god, what's everyone going to think? Without anyone ever realizing, like, hey, I just woke up and I had a really bad day, or I'm really sick to my stomach, or I've got the fucking shits, like, and I'm running, you know, slow because I'm trying not to have to fucking go to the bathroom or whatever. You know, no one really realizes that. And on top of that, like, for females in general, you know, we have a menstrual cycle, that shit sucks, especially when you've got a PT test. If you just started that shit and you've got your fucking cramps, I don't care what anyone says, and I know I said this to some female trainees, and I'm sorry because I feel your pain, but they say, you know, physical activity, uh, like working out helps get rid of those. That doesn't mean that it does not suck while you're trying to get rid of the pain. No, the shit still hurts. And then, you know, on top of that, you're doing sit-ups. You know, I know females can vouch that. You do too much movement down there. You don't really want to have an accident and, like, you know, stain your shorts or anything like that. So that shit's embarrassing. So it's just, it's very stressful. And so, um, I definitely have more anxiety now just thinking about the ACFT. Um, but I mean, I, I get the whole thing behind the army and why they're doing it. Um, and but I'm really not going to make a assessment of anything because I haven't even gotten to take it yet to even get a feel for anything. I'm waiting for equipment. I would really like to get a feel of how this sprint drag carry is going to go because I heard that sucks and... I don't have anything to drag. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. Um, and, I mean, that's about it. Those are two of the biggest things I've been asked a lot recently um, on my outlook. So, I figured I'd share that. So, I hope you all enjoy this little other impromptu episode. Um, we do have an email. I will put the email in our... A description box for this episode please um help us out if you got questions um for either me or adrian send them to the email so that way if one of us can't record we'll just do a q a episode um like i've done the past two times and that'd be really nice like i said adrian's a teacher adrian's an ex shows witnesses jehovah's witness Adrian used to work in the bakery, so she kind of knows, you know, about decorating and stuff like that, cakes. So if you got questions about any of that, I mean, if you're a parent and you wonder, like, you know, what do you, you feel like a teacher's not doing something, ask the question. Adrian might be able to shed some insight on that. Me, I'm an ex-shows witness. I'm in the military. Um, I was a drill sergeant. Um... I'm in Italy, so you got any questions about any of that? Um, or, like, what's it like being a female in the army? Because that's a whole nother experience. Um, you know, just send them to the email. Um, if you have suggestions for um, other episodes for us to talk about, um, send them in. I know Adrian came up with the last episode, Conspiracy Theory, so we'll probably have an episode about that. Um... We're going to talk about autism 
Um, there's some interesting things about that. And so that's in an episode coming up. We still have our episode of like, what's it like being a chose witness in general? So people understand that aspect and not just our personal experience, but just like in general. Um, so yeah, uh, send us emails or if you have me or her on Facebook, then message one of us and, We actually, I have a Word document of like, you know, future episode ideas and stuff like that. So just send them on down and thank you for listening everyone to the Conflicting Cousins podcast. Uh, Please like and share. Um, Hopefully the next episode, Adrian will be able to record. But if not, please send me questions so I can do this again. All right. Have a good night. Bye.